Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos of Kuflam Adalid. We're starting two lines from the top, the second word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored in honor of the engagement of Yosef and Mimi. Mazel tov. You should have incredible atzlacha and everything. The Gemara says, continuing explaining the Mishnah, Shabbos. if we didn't crush the cumin from Erev Shabbos, we're allowed to do so on Shabbos by biting it with our teeth and then putting it on the bris milah. Certain things we're not allowed to do for bris milah on Shabbos, we're allowed to do so on Yantef. For example, Shechem Lakaman, we're allowed to actually crush up the cumin in the regular fashion. Fashion, we're allowed to vigorously beat this wine and oil mixture. Why are we allowed to do so to this cumin on Yantif? Because you could technically put it in your pot. You're allowed to cook food on Yantif, so you could take the spices, these cumin, and put it inside your pot. This wine and oil mixture, they're also fit for a chayla on Shabbos. You're allowed to give it to a regular sick person on Shabbos. You're not allowed to whip up this wine and oil mixture on Shabbos for a sick person, but Amr Shem Ben Alazim Rav Meir. He says the name of Rav Meir, Aftar Finyan Vishemin, you're even allowed to do so with wine and oil for a sick person. And now before we conclude the question, the Gemara just continues, Amr Rav Shem Ben Alazar, Pam Achas Chash Rav Meir B'Meyev, one time Rav Meir had these intestinal issues, we want to whip up this wine oil mixture for him, he didn't allow us to do so. Amar Nuloi, we told him, your words are going to become nullified in your life. You hold your lad to do so. Why are you not letting us? Amar Lono, he told us, even though I say this and my friends say something else, I never presumed that I was going to be over on my friend's words, meaning I never assumed that I was actually going to not do like them. And so the conclusion of the question is, He might have been himself, for everyone else is permitted. So we see that even on Shabbos, for a regular sick person, it's permitted to whip up this oil and wine mixture. So why are we not allowed to do so for a child who has a bris The Gemara says, Over there, in the case of a sick person, it doesn't need vigorous beating. But over here, when we're talking about putting it on a Mila, then it needs to be beaten, and then that would be us on Shabbos. So the Gemara asks, So let's make this mixture, and we just won't vigorously beat it. We say, That's exactly what the Mishnah says. Put one in the bowl, and then put the other in the bowl, and just mix it together, and just don't vigorously beat it, and then it's okay. And once we mentioned discussion between Abay and Rav Yosef regarding Halachas of Yantif, so we're going to sidetrack and talk about that for a little bit. We're not allowed to strain mustard through its strainer. We're not allowed to sweeten it with a coal. They would take a coal, put it inside a big pile of mustard, covered over with some more mustard. The coal would get extinguished, and then that would sweeten the mustard somehow. We're not allowed to do so because we're extinguishing the coal. Why is this different from the Mishnah? We're allowed to take an egg and put it inside a strainer that's meant for mustard, and we're allowed to even do this on Shabbos. Over there on Shabbos, it doesn't look like Bayer. Bayer is when you're trying to separate the good from the bad, when you're trying to take the thing that you want and leave the thing that you don't want. Now on Shabbos, we're not allowed to cook. So if he's straining an egg, trying to separate the yolk from the white on Shabbos, obviously he's not trying to cook it. What he's simply trying to do is to enhance the color of the mustard. That would be mutter even on Shabbos. It doesn't look like bayer, so that would be permitted. Hacha, but over here on Yontif, it looks like bayer because cooking is permitted on Yontif, so it looks like he's trying to separate the bad from the good. Now Abayi continues asking, we're not allowed to sweeten the mustard with this coal. Vatani, we have a different price that says, we are allowed to sweeten it with the coal. We answer like kash, it's not a question. We're talking about a metal coal, which we're allowed to use, we're to talk about a wooden coal, which we're not allowed to use. Now remember, anytime we're doing a malacha on Shabbos is because we're trying to create something constructive. We're doing constructive act. So the act of extinguishing is really only because we want to do a constructive act of extinguishing a piece of wood in order to create charcoal for use at a later date. Now, if we're extinguishing a metal coal, you're not making any charcoal with that. There's no such thing as metal charcoal. Therefore, that would be permitted to do so on Yantif. However, if we're doing so with a wooden coal, so then that's something constructive and that would be usser. 
So Amr Leibai Le Rav Yosef, Rabbi Asher Rav Yosef, Ma'ash Nomi Besa'a Gromi, why is this any different than meat on coals? We're allowed to roast meat on top of coals, even though the juices of the meat are going to drip out and extinguish the coals. Amr Leibai, he says, Hasam Leibai over there, you can't roast the meat from before Yantif. If you roasted it before Yantif, it's not as tasty than roasting it on Yantif. So that's why you're allowed to do so on Yantif. But Hacha Efsher, over here with this coal mustard sweetening trick, we could do it before Yantif, and it's going to be as tasty on Yantif, so therefore you're not allowed to do it on Yantif. Amr Leibai Le Rav Yosef, Abai told Rav Yosef, Malagabin, what about making cheese on Yantif? Is that permitted? Amalei said, Oster, you're not allowed to do so. So if I asked in my time in Malisha, why is that any different than kneading? We're allowed to knead dough on Yantif, and making cheese is like kneading because you take a bunch of little cheese curds and you squish them together. That's like kneading. Amalei said, Yosef responded, Hasamalei Efsher, you can't make dough before Yantif. If you make bread before Yantif, it's not as tasty than when you make fresh hot bread on Yantif. But Hacha Efsher, you're able to make cheese before Yantif, and it's as tasty on Yantif. Abai asks him, Amri Nardai, Nardai said, Gavina Bas Yaima Maalia, the cheese that was made that day is very tasty. So we see it's more tasty when you make it that day than the previous day. So Rav Yesu explains, no, Hachikamri, this is really what they were saying. That even if you made cheese today, it's going to be tasty, but cheese made yesterday is even more tasty. That's why you're not allowed to make cheese on Yantef because it's actually tastier if you make it before Yantef. Back to our Meshnah Einais and Lachalik, we're not allowed to make the shirt like bandage for a child. The Gemara says, Amrabai, Amrili Aim, mother told me. Remember, anytime Abai says, mother told me, he's not referring to his mother. His mother sadly died when he was still a child. He's referring to his nursemaid that raised him and she shared with him a lot of wisdom. So mother told him, Hi Chalati Yanuka, this shirt like bandage for a child's mila, Lefanya Listri Lavoy. He should turn the hem upward. Dilma Midbagardimine, perhaps a thread from this bandage is gonna stick onto his mila, de and he could come to somehow damage his member, and that's gonna be a problem. So make sure the hem is turned away so there's no loose threads. And even Dabai, the mother of Abaya, Kisalapaka, she made a line for half the bandage so there were no loose threads. Amar Abai says, Hi Yanuka Delisli Chaluk, this child that doesn't have this shirt like bandage for his mila, Lysu Belisa de Isle Sifsa, he should bring a rag that has a hem. The hem prevents it from slipping off of his aver. And he should tie the hem on the bottom part of the member, meaning away from the wound of the mila, and double over the hem over the top so none of the threads go anywhere near the wound of the mila. says, A mother told me, This child, we can't find where his rectum hole is. It's closed up. We should rub him with oil, and we should place him towards the sun, in a place where it's transparent, meaning you can see through the skin, that means that's where the hole is. Lakarbas Arta, we should tear that part of his skin with a piece of barley, it's very sharp. Shesiva Erev, crosswise. Don't tear it with a metal implement, Mishum Dezarf, because that's going to cause inflammation in the skin. mother told me, This child that's not suckling from his mother properly, that means that his mouth is very cold, therefore he's unable to have power in his mouth to suck. What can we do? Bring a cup full of coals, pour it out onto some sort of board, and take this board, place it near his mouth, it's going to warm his mouth and then he's going to be able to suck. Rabbi says, mother told me, this child who's not breathing, we can't tell whether or not his chest is rising and falling like the normal breathing patterns. We should fan him with a fan and then he's going to breathe properly. Rabbi says, mother told me, this child that's not breathing easily, we should bring the afterbirth of his mother and slide it over him and then he's going to breathe easily. Rabbi mother told me, this child that's very thin, we should bring the afterbirth of his mother, we should slide it over him from its narrow part to its wide part, trying to indicate that we want this child to widen out and get full. If he's bloated, meaning he's unhealthily big, then we should slide it over him from the wide part to the narrow part, trying to indicate we want him to thin out a bit. says, mother told me, this child which is very red, that 
that means that his blood hasn't been fully absorbed into his body. This chule, we should wait for him at the Ivli Beidam until his blood gets fully absorbed into his body. Vlimalua, then we should give him Bismillah. If not, he Chasushal might bleed to death. The Yarek, if he's yellowish, Vakati Loinafal Beidami, that means that he doesn't have the proper amount of blood in his body yet. Then Lisrchula Dunafal Beidamu, we should wait until he becomes full blooded. Vlimalua, and then give him Bismillah. If not, he's going to be very weak and he's not going to be able to survive the trauma of the Mila. The Tanya, we have a bride like this. One time I went to the cities that are near the sea. A woman came in front of me. She gave Brismila to her first son. And he died. The second one also died. The third child she brought in front of me. I saw that he was very red. I told her, Wait till his blood gets absorbed into his body. She waited until his blood got absorbed. She gave Brismila and he lived. They called him Nasan Abavli Al Shemi on my name. They called him my name. Perhaps they were Sfardi. One time I went to Kaputkia, says Rav Nasan, Ubasi Shachas Lafane, a woman came in front of me, Shamal Abin Arisha and Umes, she gave Brismila to her first son and he died. Shane Umes, the second one also died. Shlishi, the third one, Evias Lafane, she brought him in front of me, Reisav, I saw Shu Yarek. First of all, he was yellowish. And Itzatsti by, I looked very closely at him, Vlair Isi by Dam Bris, I didn't see that there was any Dam in his Bris, meaning in his member, which means if they would have done the Brismila, no blood would have come out. And we'll learn from the Pasuk and Zachary that every single Bris has to have blood that comes out of it. It's called that toughest Dam Bris. So Rashi tells us we have Tartu the Griusa, we have two negatives here. First of all, the child's not strong enough to withstand the bris mila. Second of all, even if we were to give him a bris, no blood would come out. So Martilai told her of Nas and says, Hamtini Lai Achipa Baidame, wait till it becomes full blooded. Vimtina Lai, she waited for him, Umalai says she gave him a bris, Vachaya, and he lived, Vahyu Karn, Shemai, Nasan Abavli, and they called him Nasan Abavli, Al Shemi, in my name. Now, before we start this Mishnah, we have to remember that we've learned way earlier in the Masechda that it's usher to bathe in hot water on Shabbos. However, due to the danger of a bris milah, and especially in the times of the Mishnah, when their medical procedures and their health wasn't as advanced as it is nowadays, the Chachamim allowed bathing the child in hot water before the bris and after the bris. And as we'll see in this Mishnah, even on the third day after the bris, this helped him. It was absolutely necessary for the health of the child. So the Mishnah says, We're allowed to bathe the child in hot water before the bris milah and after the bris milah, and we're allowed to sprinkle water onto him by hand, but not by a cleave. And we're allowed to wash his child in hot water on the third day after his bris milah, even if that third day is on Shabbos. Shinamar says in the Pasuk, he was on the third day, when Shimon and Levi went to wipe out the city of Shechem, it was the third day after the bris milah. The reason why they picked that is because they were in pain. This is the most painful day after the bris. Therefore, according to Rebbe Azariah, if this third day is on Shabbos, we're allowed to bathe the child in hot water. And the Mishnah continues, Suffolk, if this child is a Suffolk, meaning we don't know if he was born in the 8th month or ninth month, in the times of the Mishnah, if a child was born in the 8th month, he most definitely wasn't going to live, so therefore we're not allowed to be Michal Shabbos for him. This child is a Suffolk. We don't know if he was born in the 8th or ninth month. Mandragonus, a child that has both male and female organs, so we don't know whether or not he's a male or female. Ain Michal and Alavis Shabbos, we're not allowed to be Michal Shabbos for him. Rabbi Huda Mata Mandragonus, Rabbi Huda does allow us to be Michal Shabbos for an Andragonus. And the Gemara says, Resha, we just said in the Rish of the Mishnah Marchit, that we're allowed to wash the child, and then right afterwards we say we're only allowed to wash him by hand and not with a kli. But it seems like when we say from the word marchitzin that we're allowed to do any sort of washing to him, even with a kli. So Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Avu, Adamit Shavayu, both of them say Ketzad Tani. Our Mishnah is teaching us how we're supposed to wash him. Marchitzin zakatin bein l'fnei mila bein l'achar mila. We're allowed to wash him before and after the mila. Ketzad. How do we do that? Mizalfin all biyad. We're only allowed to sprinkle hot water with our hand. Avolay b'kli, but not with a kli. Amar Rava. Rava argues. It says you're allowed to wash him, implying in any which 
such a way, even with a kli. So El Amar Rav, Rav explains the Mishnah's Hachiktani, this is what we're saying. We're allowed to wash the child before and after the Mila, on the first day and also on the second day in the normal fashion with a kli. And when the third day of Mila comes out on Shabbos, we're allowed to sprinkle him with hot water with her hand, but not with a kli. And Rabbi Lezben Azari, Rabbi Lezben Azari says, we're actually allowed to even wash him even with a kli on the third day that falls out on Shabbos. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, it was a third day and they were in pain. So we see even the third day has the strength of the first and second. Tani Kavasi de Rava, we have a bride, so just like Rava, we're allowed to wash the child before and after the Mila, on the first day and on the second day normally. And if the third day after the Mila falls out on Shabbos, we could sprinkle him with our hand. We're allowed to actually wash the child in the third day after the Mila that falls out on Shabbos. And even though there's no proof for it, says Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah, we have some sort of hint to it in the Pasuk, Shinamar says, And when we sprinkle the water on him, we're not allowed to sprinkle it, not with a cup, not with a plate, not with any sort of vessel, it has to be done with the hand, and the Gemara says, this last statement that we just said, that we're only allowed to sprinkle him with water, with our hand, that's going back to the opinion of the Tamakama, so we see that this brass is just like Rava. Now the Gemara just asks on this Brisa, my what does this mean? Even though there's no proof to it from a Pasuk, we have a hint from the Pasuk. It seems very clear from this Pasuk of that on the third day, the Mila is an incredible pain, and therefore we should be allowed to Michal Shabbos. Why is it only just a hint, a Zechel The Gemara answers no, because that Pasuk is talking about a Gadol. We were talking about everyone in Shechem. We were talking about grown men, and the reason why that might be different than a child is because the Gadol, a grown person, someone who's over 13, their flesh doesn't heal very quickly, so perhaps the third day is the most painful. But Katan, a child, his flesh heals very quickly, and therefore it might not be that a child is actually in so much pain on the third day. That's why it's just a Zechel but not an actual proof. And now we have a story about this machlekes between Rava and those that he argued with. There was a person who came in front of Rava and he asked him this question about how is he allowed to bathe his child on Shabbos. He paskined for this person like his own shita. Rava paskined for him like the way he explained the Mishnah. And Ichlash Rava, and Rava became very sick. Now Rava started doubting his psak, and Amar and he said, with this interpretation of the elders, meaning Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Baravua, Lamali, why do I have to get involved in them? I should have just agreed to their interpretation of the Mishnah. He was afraid that perhaps because he argued with them and then he poskened like his own shita, that's why he got very sick. told We have a brisa that's just like you. We just brought that brisa and it's like Rava. He told the The Mishnah is really more meduyak like Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Baravua's opinion. Why? Mimai, says in the Mishnah, Reb Lezer Benazari says, we're allowed to wash the child on the third day, that falls out on Shabbos. If you want to say, the Tanakama is simply telling us that we're allowed to sprinkle water on the child. That's what Reb Lezer Benazari is saying, that you're allowed to actually wash him. But if you're going to tell me like what I tried to say, that the Tanakama is teaching us that you're allowed to wash the child on the first and second day, and and it's only on the third day that you have to sprinkle him. Hi, The fact that now, Rebbe says that you're allowed to wash him on the third day, which means that the only machlekes between the Tanakama and Rebbe is whether or not you're allowed to wash him on the third day. 
So af marchitzin mi bayalei. Then Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah should have said you're even allowed to wash him on the third day because according to me, Rava says the Tanakama holds you're allowed to wash him on day one and two. You just have to sprinkle him on day three, which means the only machlekes between Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah and the Tanakama is sprinkling or washing on the third day. So we should have had the word af marchitzin in the Mishnah. Therefore, it seems like the Mishnah is really like the other Amirayim, and therefore he was a little bit afraid that the reason why he got sick is because he paskined against the other Amirayim. And more about this discussion of washing a child before and after the Milan Shabbos. Kios Rav Dimi, Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. Amir Rebbe he said in the name of Rebbe Lezer, Halachak Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah, the halachas like Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah. Havamei Marava, they discussed this in Eretz Yisrael. Harchatzus kol gufai, are we allowed to wash the entire body of the child? Harchatzus mila, or are we only allowed to wash the mila of the child? Amr Luhu, Ahumei Rabbanon, Rebbe Yaakov Shemei, there was one of their Rabbanon, his name was Rebbe Yaakov. He said, Mistabra harchatzus kol gufai. It's logical to say that we're allowed to wash his entire body. mila. If you want to try to say that we're discussing only washing. The Mila, Migar Mechamal Gavimaka, is that any worse than putting hot water on a regular wound on Shabbos? Damarav, Rav says, Ain Mining Chamin Veshemin Malgabi Maka Shabbos. We don't prevent the person from putting hot water or oil on a regular wound on Shabbos. So why should he not be allowed to do so with his Mila? It must be that we're discussing washing the entire body. Moscow Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef asks on that, You don't say that there's a difference between hot water that was heated up on Shabbos or before Shabbos. When we're discussing washing a Mila, we're discussing even washing it with hot water that was heated up on Shabbos, whereas the whole heter of Rav, of washing a wound with hot water, was talking about water that was heated up on Erev Shabbos. So obviously there's a difference. But now, Moscow Rav Dimi, Rav Dimi now asks on Rav Yosef's question, and we might the Shabbos pligi. Who says the Machlechus is talking about water that was heated up on Shabbos? Perhaps the whole Machlechus between the Tanakhama and Rav Lezer and Azariah is about hot water that was heated up on Shabbos. Amr Abayi says, I know Abayi Shani Le, I wanted to answer this question. The Kadim Shani Le Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef beat me to it and he answered this question. The whole reason why it's permitted is because it's a danger to the child and therefore it's permitted to use even hot water that was heated up on Shabbos. And it's Marnami, we have a memory, Kiyas Ravin, Amrabavo, Amrabalazar, Ramila, some say it was Amrabavo, Amrabiechanon, Halachak Rebelazar Ben Azariah, the Lachasak Rebelazar Ben Azariah, Bein Becham and Shochamu Beshabbos, whether we're talking about hot water that was heated up on Shabbos, Bein Becham and Shochamu Erev Shabbos, whether it's hot water heated up Erev Shabbos, Bein Rechatz is Kogufai, whether we're talking about washing the entire body, Bein Rechatz is Mila, whether we're talking about just washing the milah, everything is mutter, because it's a danger for the child, and therefore any sort of washing is permitted. Gufa, we had just mentioned, Amarav, we don't prevent a person from putting hot water or oil on his wound on Shabbos. Shmuel Aaron Shmuel says, nice and chutz lamaka, he has to place it on the outside of the wound, lamaka, and then it slowly drips onto the maka. What exactly is their machlaikas? Whether or not we're going to be geyser because of shechika sa'amanim. Shmuel is afraid that if we allow him to put it directly on the wound on Shabbos, then people are going to think you're allowed to do some sort of refuah, then they're going to end up crushing some sort of herbs to place on a wound, then that's an issue of grinding on Shabbos, and that's why Shmuel says we're going to make exera, whereas Rav says we're not going to make exera. Meisvei, we're going to ask a question on Rav. We're not allowed to place oil or hot water on top of soft cloth, in order to place this cloth directly on the mak on Shabbos. So we see it's not like Rav, you're not allowed to put something directly on the wound. So Rav answers, no. Hasam, that's talking about Mishum Schita, because we're afraid he's going to squeeze this cloth, and that's why it's an issue. Tashma, we're not allowed to place hot water oil on top of this soft cloth, which is already on the wound on Shabbos. So we're assuming right now that since the cloth is 
is already on the wound that we're not afraid he's going to squeeze it. So we, again, we see not like Rav. So again, Rav answers, No, we're still afraid that even though the cloth is already on the wound, nonetheless, he might end up squeezing it. We have a brass that is just like Shmuel. We're not allowed to place hot water or oil on a wound on Shabbos. We're allowed to place it on the outside of the wound. And then it slowly drips down onto the wound. So we have a brass like Shmuel. We have a brass We're allowed to place onto a wound on Shabbos. A dry soft cloth, or a dry sponge. We're allowed to do so because this is not healing the wound, it's just preventing it from getting scratched. But not a dry reed, and not dry cloths. The Gemara says, We have a stira, dry cloth, and dry cloth. We had just said in the beginning of this, Bryce said that you're allowed to place a meichyavish, which is dry cloth. And now we're saying you're not a place ketitin yavishin, which is dry cloth. The Gemara answers, it's not a stira. One is when we're talking about placing brand new cloth that was never used to cover a wound. So then that actually has healing properties and you're not allowed to place it on the wound on Shabbos. But when it's old cloth, it's already been used to place onto a wound, then it doesn't have healing properties and it's only used to prevent the wound from getting scratched. Amr Abayabai says, Shema Mino, we learned from here, Hani Ketitin Masu, these dry cloth rags, they actually have the ability to heal a wound on Shabbos. Everyone should have a wonderful day.